We're turning together to God's Word. First to the Gospel of Mark. I'd like us to consider the theme, Jesus, our continuing Christ. Christ is a, a title of our Savior. And the word Christ is the same word as Messiah is in Hebrew and it's the anointed one and remember the the offices, the three offices of Christ and the three types of Christ in the Old Testament that were anointed with oil were the prophet, the priest, and the king. And so the Lord continues to exercise these offices indirectly through His church. Question 23, What offices doth Christ execute as our Redeemer? The answer, Christ is our Redeemer, executeth the offices of a prophet, of a priest, and of a king, both in His estate of humiliation while He was here, and His estate of exaltation while He is there. So when does this state of exaltation begin? Some think it's the resurrection, but then others feel it's his burial. He received honor in being buried with the rich. And remember, he saw no corruption, no decomposition in his burial as his body was being preserved, waiting for his resurrection just 36 or so hours later. So, his burial, his resurrection, his post-resurrection ministry, his ascension, which was his coronation, his session at God's right hand, his return, his judgment, and his ushering in the eternal state. So, we consider what's called his session, his ministry seated at God's right hand. We just sang the hymn about the great high priest sitting at God's right hand. It is absolutely literally true that the, the man Christ Jesus is in heaven seated at God's right hand. It's not just an expression, although it is a, uh, a reference to the fact that he is ruling. The king sits on his throne we would say that that is a literal thing as well. In his body, he's seated. He stood up, you remember, when Stephen was dying to receive him into glory. What did Stephen say? I see the Son of Man sitting. He says, I see him standing. And I don't know if Jesus stands to receive every saint, but he sure stood to receive Stephen. So, I'd like us to consider Jesus our continuing Christ. He did not drop the title Christ when He left this life. He continues at God's right hand, exercising His offices of prophet, priest, and king. Prophet, Revealed God's will. Preached the Word. 
right? So a prophet is a speaking office, speaking the word of God. As a priest, priests offered sacrifices. Jesus is not only the priest, he's the altar and he's the offering. He's everything. So Jesus is prophet, preaches, reveals God's will to us, continuing through the offices of the elder, the minister, and the church itself. As priest, he intercedes for us, pleading his blood. And we as under priests um, represent God to men and men to God. But Jesus is the high priest, the upper priest. And he's the king, governing from God's right hand, subduing our enemies, saving our souls, um, and protecting us from our enemies. He is our prophet, priest, and king. I want us to see that there are quite a few verses that refer to Jesus being our continuing Messiah, our continuing Christ. Starting with Mark 16, there are other verses, but I haven't considered all of them. But certainly sufficient to see that there is this ministry of Christ at God's right hand. Mark chapter 16, verses 19 and 20. So, keep that moist sponge uh, next to you. Um, I guess the tongue is okay, but um, you don't want to get any diseases. And, and uh, someone else might be turning your pages uh, once in a while. So a, a, a wet sponge might be a little bit better than a wet tongue. Mark 16, So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. So was he sitting idle? Notice, And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. You see that? It's not that the Lord came back from heaven to work with them. The Lord working with them is referring to His ministry from heaven uh, through them and with them. Working with them and confirming the Word with signs following, which would be what? The restraining of His enemies, the salvation of souls as they minister God's Word as we see in the book of Acts. And there we turn. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. So there are going to be a few verses read this afternoon. Hopefully it will keep us awake after a, a scrumptious meal. Acts 2, verse 32. David is not ascended into, into the heavens, but he saith himself... The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand. And notice how they pick it up in the, in the English, although the, the word curios is both the all capitalized Lord and just the first letter capitalized Lord. But in the Hebrew, it's, it's uh, Yahweh said unto my Adonai. But the English version, the, the translators caught it 
Pike, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. He sits there as the sovereign God and he sits there as the Christ ministering in his offices of prophet, priest, and king. Chapter 9, verses 4 through 6. 9, 4. Paul falls to the earth and he hears a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. So what offices is he exercising there? As king, he's he's, uh, subduing an enemy of the gospel, an enemy of the church. But as prophet, he's preaching, and as priest, he's saving, he's pleading his blood for Saul. So he's really exercising all three offices there on the road to Damascus. You see, Jesus has authority, as he said, all authority is given to me in heaven and in earth. Here he is, not only in Judea, but he's up into uh, Samaria, is he not? And he's in the uttermost parts of the world. Chapter 18. Acts 18. Don't you love to hear the sound of turning pages? Those of you who are quiet with your devices, with your touching buttons. 18, verse 8. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision, Be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. And he continued there a year and six months, uh, teaching the Word of God among them. There is Jesus again, working from heaven, comforting the saints uh, as prophet, priest, and king. Chapter 27. You recognize 27 as the voyage on the Mediterranean Sea? 27 verses 22 and following. There's a great typhoon taking place. You can probably hardly hear people screaming on the deck. You ever been in a a storm with a lot of wind. It's hard to communicate. But what do we read there? That, that Paul, after long abstinence, verse 21, Sirs, you should have hearkened to me. I told you so. You shouldn't have loosed from Crete and gained this harm. Now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall no loss of any man's life among you, there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. So we think it's a 
It's, it's the Lord Jesus himself being called a messenger there. He certainly serves, not angels, but he serves. It's ministers that serve us. Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. And so Paul takes confidence with that uh, ministry of the Messiah. Remember, Paul had special instructions, separate instructions about the Lord's Supper. He says in chapter 11, the instructions about the Lord's Supper, I received of the Lord, verse 23, that which I delivered unto you. So Jesus appears to Paul and ministers to him and gives him some instruction separately from the Gospels about the communion table. Jesus is working from heaven as the prophet to teach his servant and to plead his blood and his righteousness as pictured in the elements at the Lord's table. And turn over to Revelation. There are other verses, but chapter 11, or I'm sorry, chapter 1 of Revelation. Remember that famous vision? that John received on the island of Patmos on what day? The Lord's Day. What day is the Lord's Day? The first day of the week. What day is the first day of the week? It is Sunday. Revelation 1 and verse 11, John was in the Spirit on the... or 10, John was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. The day belonging to the Lord, parallel to the the supper belonging to the Lord. It's a specific supper and it's a specific day. He hears a great voice as of a trumpet. He hears the voice of Jesus. And he sees the Lord Jesus uh, as one who was like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, girt around with the paps, with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, his feet like undefined brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice is the sound of many waters. That must have been neat. The voice is the sound of... You ever stood at the ocean? Just the authority, the power... And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. wonder what that looked like. And his countenance, his face, was as the sun shining in its strength. That sun is shining pretty brightly today. And the Lord, as Paul tells us, that when he appeared to Paul, it was exceeding above the shining glory and brilliance of the noonday sun. So, Jesus, we're shown here, is the continuing Christ. He's active. He's no absentee landlord nor distant king. He's, he's, he's executing his offices as the Messiah. In Mark 16, he's working with us as we minister his word. and He's preaching through us. He's pleading His blood as we pray and witness. He's protecting us as we live in a fallen world. He's giving us signs that follow. We need to keep this in mind. So often we minister without a sense of the Lord's presence, without 
remembering that He is with us, that He is preaching through us. He that hears you hears me. Remember all those texts. So Jesus is with us. He's working through us as we preach the gospel and plead His blood and and protect His sheep. Acts 2, He's seated and sending His Spirit into the hearts of His believers to preach with power and into the hearts of unbelievers to regenerate, to, to empower saints and save sinners and paralyze His enemies. In Acts 9, He's, as it were, bending over the railing of heaven to save a sinner like Saul of Tarsus. If he wants to, he can bend over and talk to a soul. And he did. In Acts 18, he's quelling our fears while seeing success. And that's interesting. Paul was starting to see success in Corinth, and yet he was going to receive persecution. But we need his comfort in times of success as well as times of, of persecution. Not that persecution is, indicates the lack of success, but what are the dangers in times of revival and in the times of so-called success? It's pride and presumption. And we need the Lord's words to us, fear not or humble yourselves. And the Lord is there as our King to subdue our pride and to quench or quell our fears. He's the Sovereign Lord. Isn't it interesting? I have much people in this city. He owns the soul. Every soul is His. In chapter 27, He's the land, the Lord of land and sea. What amazing power and wisdom that that typhoon would not uh, capsize that boat. You know, there are many... There are many capsized boats at the bottom of the Mediterranean Sea. And in the Great Lakes, people spend their lifetimes uh, snorkeling and, and going beneath the surface of bodies of water to find old shipwrecks. But, and there are many uh, souls that have been lost at sea. But these 276 were promised that they would not die. What sovereign power in our Savior to say that all of those will be given to you, Paul. And yet Paul saw the devil was trying to intervene when the sailors pretended to be loosening the boat for the passengers. And Paul said, interestingly, if if these aren't saved, none of us will be saved. 1 Corinthians 11, our teacher of doctrine by His Spirit, as we're told that He taught Paul about the Lord's Supper. In Revelation, He's the risen and exalted God. The prophet with a two-edged sword, as we read chapters 2 and 3 as well. The priest with a garment down to the foot, the king with a golden girdle, and God with a glorious face and the authoritative voice and the eyes as a flame of fire. In Revelation 2 and 3, again, he's the prophet with a sharp sword, speaking of his mouth, a priest 
who was dead and is now alive, having sacrificed himself for our sins, is the king. He has the key of David that opens and no man shuts and shuts and no man opens. His mouth, his body, and his hand. Chapter 22, we're told in verse 16, He is the root as well as the shoot or offspring of David. He's God first. He's the root of David. He is man second. He's the offspring of David. And the prophet reminds us at the end of the Bible of his second coming. One of the last words of the Bible is, Surely I come quickly. And the prophet, if he's worth his um, time, is going to preach the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and the judgment of the world and heaven and hell and the eternal state. And what assurance this Messiah has. What's the last word of the Bible? Amen. It is. Not amen to yours. Amen is the last word. May it be so. It is so. It will be so. So, we find so many texts about Jesus being, the Lord Jesus being the continuing Messiah, the continuing Christ. Remember Psalm 2. He sits at God's right hand and all it takes is just simply asking the Father. Ask of me and I will give you the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost part of the earth for thy possession. We sang 110, Psalm 110. He's reigning at the right hand of God. He's going to have his, all of his enemies as his footstool. Hebrews 1, he's worshipped in heaven. Let all the angels of God worship him. That's what's happening. He's being worshipped in heaven. He is indeed divine. Only God demands and receives worship rightly. In chapter 2 of Hebrews, He helps those who are tempted. That's what He's doing in heaven. He's touched with our infirmities. He has ceased from atonement. He has rested from His works. Chapter 4 of Hebrews. He saves to the uttermost. Or He saves us fully. He does not save us partially. Jesus is the one who saves completely. He ever liveth to make intercession for us as the great high priest. Hebrews is full of texts about the session work of Christ. Chapter 9, He dispenses in the inheritance of His covenant. He, in chapter 9, verse 24, appears as our representative and our advocate. In chapter 10, He makes His enemies His footstool presently and will so ultimately. First Peter says, he is subjecting all powers underneath him. First John, he's our advocate with the Father, pleading his blood. And so, brother and sister, Jesus is our continuing Messiah. And so we should pray as our prophet, Lord, teach me. As our priest, Lord, forgive me. Comfort me. Help me to pray and to minister savingly to souls. And as our King, Lord, change me. Conquer my sins. Protect me from my enemies. Save me unto Thy heavenly kingdom. Help me to persevere to the end. 
Without His power, we will not persevere. Jesus is our continuing Christ. Please let that be a comfort to us and a great leverage for confidence to live and to minister to precious souls.